P.S. I Love Hoffman is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Iggy Pop! Amen! Let him run! I'm a fucking idiot. Red meat, we crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy Cody. Why don't you have some fun? Fun, fun. Tommy, uh, that's a tape, tape. Whoever she is, I'm going to find her and I'm going to hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish. <laughs> I'm always home. I'm on cool. This is a process of dehumanization. Shut, 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 shut up. Hey, Hoff fans, welcome to P.S. I Still Love Hoffman, our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm still Brian Rodriguez. And I'm still Kyle Reinfried. And these days, we are indeed always home. We're always uncool, and we're always ready to watch Philip Seymour Hoffman films again. Aren't we, Kyle? Yes. Separate homes, we're practicing safe social distancing, self-quarantining, all that wonderful stuff of this new world we live in. Yeah, but it's given us the chance to do a record for us, three live rewatches this month. I caramba. <laughs> Good one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could see I could see the uh, you know, your wit is getting sharper in your quarantine. Yes. Knives are getting dull, the wit though. They're indeed getting sharp. Or what? But, so, uh, we had our April Fools special that was Schuler. Then we put the poll up and it was two very uh, near and dear projects to Philip Zimmer Hoffman. It was Love Liza versus Jack Goes Boating, and in our closest vote ever, Love Liza won. So that was our, you know, real rewatch of the month. And then we said, "Why the hell not? Let's do the other movie, the second place movie." It the was only second place boating movie. The other, yes, the <laughs> one of the many Hoffman boat films, and that's Jack Goes Boating. Before we start, uh, what are your thoughts on Jack Goes Boating? Um, do you remember anything from our first? Uh, our first uh, analysis on it on the original run um i remember not like not thinking it's necessarily great again like a really good performance from him but not necessarily i i think we kind of came to the decision that maybe it belongs just on the stage versus you know, or just it would be play better as a as a, as a theater piece versus a movie. Yeah, I, I mean, every time we record, we're like, oh, we should have listened. To I know. I just I was going to say, and clearly, <laughs> once again, did not listen. So, to Kyle, I'm going to give you some advice, and the advice is for all the Hoff fans out there: go onto your Google Play, go onto your Apple Podcast, go onto your Stitcher, go onto your Spotify, and even do this, Alexa. Play P.S. I Love Hoffman podcast. Here's P.S. I Love Hoffman, a film-by-film retrospective <laughs> of Philip Seymour Hoffman from Apple Podcasts. Continuing the latest episode, P.S. Alexa plays it. Alexa, love stop. Liza. We don't want to do like a whole space-time continuum with multiple podcasts at once, but you get the point. It's the easiest thing to do. Cue up the episode for Jacko's Boating. And do more research than we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember. I mean, we had a great guest in Joanna Arcieri. And, uh, yeah, I remember recording. I was living in Hoboken at the time. I remember that. Uh, and I remember having just the conversation being like that women are not treated well in this story. 
Huh. I, so, I, I mean, that's going to be interesting to see on this watch for sure. And again, guys, this is a rewatch. Uh, we've rented it on Amazon, and when I say play, that's when you'll press play. I'm at zero, 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 so you want to get your Amazon queued up there. Give you a second to do that. And just remind you, too, that you can also check the show out at cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Home of both our other shows, Kyle, mine, High School Slumber Party, and your other show, of course, Foodie Films, as you are the Foodie Films man. Oh, and one more reminder before we start. This is directed by Philip Seymour Hoffman, his directorial debut. Yes. So, I, yeah, that's I'm looking, I'm looking forward to watching it with a close eye and uh, analyzing it in that sense. So I'm ready if you are, Kyle. I am ready. Let's go boating. Okay. Three, two, one, play. Overture. But not a late quartet overture. <laughs> a stars company. Okay. Why is this not on stars? Why can't we watch this on stars? I mean, maybe we could we? Have? I don't know. It didn't. It didn't offer it when I did a search for it on my Roku. That's annoying. Big Beach. These are production companies I'm not really familiar with. No, but uh, it makes sense. Big Beach goes boating. The mm. aquatic theme continues. Cooperstown. Cooperstown, but it's not Cooperstown like New York. It's two words here. Ooh, right away, our main man. Makes sense. He looks so different than him in Love, Liza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this, I think this is separated by eight. Love, Liza, what was that, 2001, 2002? I think this is at least separated by, this is 2010, I know that. Eight years, but many, many, many films. At least in terms of impactful films in his career, you know? Now, there we go, we get one of his oldest friends and uh, Labyrinth Theater co-founder, if I'm not mistaken, John Ortiz. I love John Ortiz. He's in so many things. Very underrated, very underrated. Also, uh, definitely covered in a, uh, you know, a fellow Cage Club Podcast Network show, Too Fast to Forever. Yes, he plays Braga in the <laughs> Fast and Furious series. Can you say that one more time for me? No. <laughs> Braga. <laughs> Arturo Braga, I think his first name? I don't know. I think so, yeah. <laughs> I forgot that they're like uh me like too. limo drivers. Yeah. <laughs> he does not look to be dressed for the role. And the reggae music playing in the background. I also forgot too there's a lot of reggae influence in this film randomly. I think we also I think we brought up it would be it'd be great if I could remember by listening to our past episode. <laughs> but um I think we made some Joey Breaker kind of Oh, yeah. Wow, that's a deep cut. Yeah. If you guys know that reference, you're big fans of the show. (laughs) Mainly positive. And then he goes, some of the words I don't get, so it's hard to commit. (laughs) (laughs) It's great dialogue. Yeah, again, just, yeah, it has that... Stage vibe. I wish I, I wish I could have well, de- obviously seen him in it. Uh, that's not possible. But maybe maybe someday if this is, if I see that it's playing somewhere, I'll go see it on on the stage. 
I wonder if he enjoyed directing film. I'm sure he enjoyed directing theater. He talked about it, but I wonder if he enjoyed directing film. I wonder too. I mean, he, you know, he clearly, he surrounded himself with people that he loved and had already collaborated with. So that has to, well, if they don't have egos, I have to assume that makes it easier for you as a director. Amy Ryan, collaborator of his. Yeah. Jack's a sweetheart. I've been craving Chinese food. Uh, Me too. Daphne Rubin Vega, and most of them are closed. Did you see that? Yeah, though I've got uh, one of the one of the best in Jersey City is on the corner of my street, and they've been closed for a month now, at least. Wow. Yeah, they closed down right away. You married. Now, like today, Uber drivers are encouraged to speak, right? Like, I mean, maybe not in New York and other cities, though. Like, are you could aren't. Ra- they are, because you could rate them for, like, having a good conversation with you. Yeah. I don't want a conversation with them. Maybe in a different city. It's kind of cool in a different city when I don't know, you know. But here in New York, no thank you. Yeah, exactly. Like, whenever I go to New Orleans, like, I'm having a conversation as soon as I, like... Like and any place, I'm just like, hey, I'm going here. You, you, what, what do you think about like, it? Oh yeah, you going up to Chapatulas? <laughs> <laughs> they got gator bites. They're all fine. <laughs> do you remember what movie Daphne Rubin Vega was also in of um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's? Uh, Flawless. Correct. It seemed like you guessed. Yeah. I'm not exactly proud of why I made that guess. <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> I just know the movie takes place in like kind of like a Spanish neighborhood. So okay, I thought you were gonna be like, oh, I thought she played a drag queen. I'm like, what? Are you... Because she's in Rent, so she's the original. Yeah, You've seen well... the Rent movie, right? Well, oop, foodie scene. Here we go. Oh yeah, Chinese food. No, but uh, so she's like the original one of who Rosario Dawson plays in the movie. Yeah. I thought you were making like a that kind of connection. Oh no 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 no! <laughs> and some of those those thoughts like came back like that conversation like, but I wasn't positive. But I was like, but the one that gave me the courage to guess that was, uh, uh, you know, diversity in neighborhoods. You and I always talk about like dream podcast, and you know, there's not enough time in the world. Even though these days it seems like it, but still, you know. Um, to watch the movies, to talk about it, and really to devote time. We, both you and I have two podcasts already. I'm going uh, bi-weekly on one of mine. You're going weekly on yours. We're doing Hoffman, too. But one of my dream podcasts, as as a Latino-American, I wanted to do like kind of a focus on like Latin actors, Latin directors. And, you know, it would be like, again, it'll never happen probably, but it would be like John Ortiz, for example. Like, we pick... For John Ortiz films, and that's what we do for July. The next month is Oscar Isaac. The next month is Guillermo del Toro, you know? And just yeah, kind of... Cool. It is cool, but I, I need a Latin co-host, so I don't have one yet. <laughs> no, just bring me. It'll be called, like, um, like you know, 
Dominican and the Gringo or something. I don't know. <laughs> Chico and the Man. Chico, exactly. Just like... <laughs> Chico and the Ham. Ch- wow. <laughs> That's not that bad, honestly. It's not that... Yeah, it's not that bad. And I'm just like... And I, every time I'll just I'll say like Hamon, and you'll be like, "No, you don't get to say that." <laughs> so, what's his relationship with Amy Ryan? What's his relationship? Yeah, no, no, no. Sorry, what you know the characters? Yeah, no, no, no. That's they're just. Uh, so Amy Ryan works with John Ortiz's wife. You just said her name before. I forget the actress's name already. Mm-hmm. Um, Uh, and obviously they work together so they're just uh, playing matchmakers so this is the first time they're meeting okay this is their meet cute technically I just wanted to confirm yeah and he's man like is there is there a reason do you remember if there's a reason behind this hat I don't know but then eventually like it looks interesting with his hair choices yeah well he's got the whole dread (laughs) thing going on because I guess he's listening to the reggae music but Ooh, Brian, what uh, sort of base are you drinking? Well, Kyle, I'm glad you asked. It's our official sponsor. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh, one of the breweries that's still delivering is Oyster Bay Brewery in Long Island. I ordered a mixed pack, and this one I'm drinking, or about to drink, is called Barn Rocker. It's the official beer of the New York Islanders. Ooh. Would you be comfortable carrying the load of this podcast for about 15 seconds while I go grab a, uh, a beverage? My pleasure. Thank you. Someone recently said that was their favorite part of a podcast recently when I was uh, alone doing the voices on Schuler. So. Oh, really? <laughs> Not a diss for you. It sounds like it. Did Joey say no, it? No, because I was like, <laughs> no comment, no comment. <laughs> Anything that Kyle isn't in is way better. Okay, excuse me while I go grab a, a refreshing beer. That was just delivered to me recently. Ooh, a little... Is that a little bit of the marijuana that he's, he's smoking here? Now that Kyle's away, I'll take this opportunity to dub the voices, if you haven't. Well, it doesn't work as well as does with Schuler. I'll tell you that much. But uh, I honestly can't think of many movies where I've seen Philip Zimmer Hoffman smoke weed. I'll ask Kyle when he comes back. Oh, right. And I'm back. What did I miss? Well, I was just going to ask you, how many movies have you seen Philip Zimmer Hoffman smoke weed in? Um, I would assume almost famous. Like none of these, I remember for sure. I, I don't think he. I don't think you see him smoke weed in Almost Famous. No, him, not when he's like sitting on the floor, just surrounded by his records. He doesn't have like a joint roll. I think he has a cigarette, just like a okay. Um, marijuana. Maybe then Pirate Radio. It's okay. It's possible in Pirate Radio. I know he definitely doesn't in Boogie Nights, despite. You know, a lot of drugs there. He doesn't really do drugs in the film. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was like, that's interesting. Because he just, him and um, John Ortiz had a joint. Nice. And not a Spike Lee joint. Can you name? <laughs> not a 25th <laughs> name, hour. Yeah, I was going to say, can you name? the? That Hoffman sounds Spike like Lee a joint? name of like how like drugs are named. You know, like, mm-hmm. this is the 25th hour. <laughs> but. <sighs> and what are you drinking? I am drinking a Mango of the Sea by Bricks City, a place that we've uh, visited together mm. in Little Fairy, So I've New been Jersey. to Brick City. I've also been to Oyster Bay. You've never been to Oyster Bay? If – have you? Yeah, yeah, I have. 
Oh, well, I'm just... I was, but I don't think I've been with you. Uh, okay. I think if we're allowed to, if the you know the rules allow us to, definitely we should go to Oyster Bay Brewery because it's the same town as Sagamore Hill, Theodore Roosevelt's. Uh, you know, his, his estate, his, pre- his presidential home is in Oyster Bay. Awesome. So what do we have? So so Amy Ryan was kind of having that a uh, little bit of a was she having like a little bit of a breakdown moment in the bathroom? A little bit, but it wasn't, you know. Yeah. This is him talking about boating. This is the moment, the name of the movie. Yeah, the beer is <laughs> quite delicious. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> a, a boat trip in the summer came up, so that's technically, on paper, their next date. <laughs> <laughs> I know some people like this, and like how, this is how like their mind works. Like, I'll, Who? I'm not going to name names. But, like, just that they have to, you know, they're... Like one thing a day is like a lot on their plate. They're probably thriving right now in this world. <laughs> no comment. No comment. I know who you're talking about. I know there's a lot of people you could be talking about, but I know one. No, of them. I know a lot of people. That's what I'm saying. I know a lot of people like that. Um, and I think he falls into that camp because I don't think he's necessarily supposed to be on the like spectrum kind of right. I don't think officially. I mean, who yeah. knows? We're all on the spectrum somewhere. Yeah, I right? know. It's just something that's so easily thrown around as a diagnosis these days or just trying to make you understand someone better. But he's just socially... He's definitely socially awkward, yeah. Yeah. I like them together. Like this couple. Yeah. John Ortiz and Daphne Rubin Vega. They're believe they're like believe they have good chemistry. They're believable in that way. Queensborough Bridge, aka the fifty ninth Street Bridge. Is that from the Manhattan side or the Queens side? I yeah, I'd have to go back. I wasn't really looking that (laughs) hard. It looked like the Manhattan side. Okay, so she works. For a company, what are they talking about? Is it, it's, it's you a know, uh, well, it's like a what do you call it? What are these jobs? Tele telemarketers, telemarketers? yeah, yeah, but it's for something pretty specific, right? I think in the well, we'll find out soon enough. I recently did a very obscure high school film on my podcast called Swim Fan. Oh, yeah. You, you've seen Swim Fan? Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's one of what's, these movies. What's that actress's that, name? Uh, Erica Christensen. Yeah. She had a little moment. She's like a kind of knockoff Julie Stiles. But... Yeah, no, she, yeah, she, yeah. Isn't she? she? No, never mind. I was thinking of somebody else. Never mind. But She's I know traffic. who she is in that movie. She's in Traffic. She's in a Perfect Score. She's in a couple movies. Yeah. But it just reminded me because literally, you know, that's like a pool movie. <laughs> this is a pool <laughs> movie. I forgot. Like, this is more of a pool movie than I remembered as well. Wow. I didn't remember a lot from this film. Yeah. I always found it. It's like it's Jack goes boating, but it's almost like more important than the film 
I guess what he's learning how also to swim in case he goes on a boat and the boat tips. Yeah. <laughs> John Ritchie is you such know, a good friend in this movie. He is a great friend character. Not saying he can't lead a movie. I think he can. I don't think he's just given the opportunity to lead a movie. But uh, I know you weren't so hot on this film when it came out, but maybe a lot of that is like the Eagles and Philadelphia connection. But Silver Linings Playbook, he's like um, Bradley Cooper's friend. Yeah. Uh, Julia Stiles. We just talked. We just mentioned her. There we go. He's, Ju- he's Julia Stiles' husband in that movie. And I thought he was great in that film. Like, he's one of my favorite parts of that movie as just like, I don't know, this friend character, you know? It's very similar to his character here. Yeah. Uh, if the movie was just about him, it would have been a great movie, but it was about a garbage team. Um. <laughs> this is, to me, in, in my opinion, and this is not a diss to Hoffman, you know I wouldn't do that, but this is very much an actor directing. You're getting a lot of point of view shots, you know? You're getting a lot of time with the character. Which I don't mind. I'm just, you know what I mean. Like I'm, I'm... which We're... also I think being familiar, you know, with with this with the 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 stage adaptation, the stage version of this, um, that's all you have to, you know. Fo- fo- I mean, if you're in an audience, you're looking at the actors on the stage. So I think he's also. I'm sure. I'm. Sh- I have no idea. But if I was a betting man, I would say if you're an actor, you know, like a stage actor, when you read something, you and your fellow actors must be like, oh, man, wouldn't it be great if we could express ourselves in this like shot, like underwater and smiling? Mm hmm. But no, definitely. You don't get to do that on stage. Most likely. (laughs) I hope we get beaches this summer. Not to be a, a downer, but that's what everyone's saying. Oh, yeah. I was just reading about... I mean, I don't know if that was saying all New York beaches or maybe just the city. I don't know how that works. Uh, well, de Blasio's always like the first to ban things, but if it follows suit, it's going to be pretty much all beaches. Wow. What about private beaches? How does that work? Can't really enforce that, so... <laughs> to the sound we go. Don't tell. <laughs> that was—I meant—the sound of the ocean. That's what I was saying. The, yes. Who? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love her bluntness. Yeah. She's like, it's almost, I, I, I feel like she's definitely imposing like, I mean, you know, where they are in their relationship. And I feel like she wants him to take charge and be a bit more passionate probably. So she's saying, you know, that Jack needs to hook up this time. Gotcha. I think. How is he not getting locked out behind him? (laughs) A three-door process there. Maybe he has his keys in his robe. (laughs) I love the socks and sandals, the robe. If he's got socks and sandals, he might have his keys in his robe. 
Dude, do you know what neighborhood they're supposed to be in? I didn't really see much of where their location was, you know. They were in the limo place was in Long Island City and we've been seeing a lot of the Queensborough Bridge. That's an F train, so maybe this does take place in Long Island City. Maybe it takes place just over uh, you know, the bridge in Manhattan somewhere. I don't know. They haven't been like really establishing shots. Ew. Sorry. Hope she knows this guy, okay. No, I remember that's like the whole thing. I think she gets Oh, oh god. That's I blocked this out of my mind. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, this is the moment. I mean, that was the big part of the conversation with Joanna was that um, women in this movie are just being like used as a tool for you know to f- feel certain thing. You know, like not really. They're not developed upon. Oh my god! Oh god! I forgot how graphic this image is. Oh my god. Oh god. I forgot this too. Like how did Okay, so I'm trying to th- like he Oh, do we learn like he followed her? Yeah, we I think we I think we get a flashback of sorts. I think Oh, I kind of understand why some people might have a problem with this. Like, to move the plot along, there was violence against women. <laughs> we discussed this in Patch Adams, famously on P.S. I Love Hoffman. Yeah, which is a way, I mean, worse movie than this. John uh, Harden, who we had, what episodes did we, oh, Capote... Uh, there was a, oh he was on Twister too yeah I recently had him on High School Slumber Party for um, Dead Poet Society and it sort of came up just like violence in movies and one of the things that came up was the Patch Adams episode actually and we had discussed like what that means and he says it's called fridging have you heard this term fridging no so and there's a famous Green Lantern comic i believe it's the green lantern it's some superhero where his girlfriend is cut up and put in the fridge what the fuck yeah and like it makes him like go on this like vendetta and it's a whole like reason to motivate him and people who've studied this have pointed to they've just used as an example you know but people who have studied this have pointed to that as being like why did you need to do all that to have him go on a vendetta. Like, he didn't need to, like, kill his girlfriend and cut her up and put her in the fridge. So, I wonder if um, people watching, especially people who are maybe sensitive to that, see this moment as that, you know? Um, I hope not, because, like... I mean, the definitely not as bad as fridging in no, the sense no, that, that her... No, no, but that's ca- the extreme example. Yeah, but, like, in the se- yeah, in the sense that, like, her character still does get, like, some development she, I mean, she gets more screen time and stuff like that i know i know people had a problem with like that also then happened in deadpool 2 because everyone really enjoyed um i'm forgetting the actress's name but from like firefly and stuff like that oh deadpool 2 is actually like where it came up a lot um and some people have said oh they did it just to kind of make fun of that but then they actually did it you know it's uh whew. 
Everyone liked Deadpool Pool one anyway, like better, right? Yeah, I think so. I think that's a pretty. Does he have a koala there? Mm-hmm. Mm. It's one good thing I think I saw happening in the world that like koalas are being released back into the wild in Australia. Well, that's good. Being put in their habitats. So. so I guess the question would be to like maybe quote-unquote haters of that and what's happened is like would the plot have moved without this happening? And could there have been another way to move the plot? Um, what year is this, by the way? What year is this movie? 2010. 2010. So <laughs> the world's changed a lot in 10 years, man. You know? Oh, definitely. Um, so, like, maybe... I don't know if it's as, like, heavy as traditional fridging, but... Maybe this isn't how it's written today, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, okay, so right now, what we're getting from her attack is that before they go on a second date, this, I believe, I believe this is the second time, like, they're seeing one another. It's the dinner Mm -hmm. with the, you know, with, with the, with the other couple, their friends, and then this moment okay and so from there it's like maybe we could do something before summer so I guess so as of right now because I I don't remember if it plays out in any other way um okay this yeah so this is all leading I think to the dinner like that's like kind of like the finale of this movie when he has this big freak out So, I, I'm just trying to determine because my memory is not, you know, if it's serving me correctly, that because of this act of violence, they're having this second conversation, and that's all that comes from it. So, the only other thing I guess that you would learn that you would get from this act of violence happening in this story versus getting this scene and getting them talking again, planning on a date before summertime would be learning about Amy Ryan's character and the little moments of like seeing her, like that reveal of her all bloody that she still went into work and she's like either in shock or what, you know, like just little things like her character, just as far as that she's still, working and she's giving it, you know, like the job that she's not doing terribly great at, she's giving it her all, no matter, even though this horrible thing happened to her. Mm-hmm. Okay, but right, someone was pressing up against me. All right. Like, it's not like this turns into, it's not like Jack goes on a vengeance mode, you know. <laughs> she becomes like this subway strength. I'm just laughing because like I can't even picture that either. <laughs> How would this have played out on stage? Like literally? not this scene. I'm just I'm saying like you know her being like bloodied there. I wonder if they would they had that too. I would think so. 
Okay, so primarily this incident, her going through this horrific experience, is being used as a bonding tool for the two of them. That seems to be its main use, which that by itself is not justifiable. Like especially like a physical attack like that. Mm-hmm. Like she could be, I don't know, that they run into another, run into one another another way, or, or they just have like some other second date, and she is you know, emotional, like, it's fine if you have, like, clearly he's got issues too, so if you want to have two characters, lack of a better word, that are broken and need to help one another, like, he is right now by saying, like, oh, this is easy listening music and trying to, like, calm her down because she feels like it's her fault and clearly it's not her fault. Um, By itself, not I mean, you know, still, I, I'm, I'm not a screenwriter, so I'm sure there's another way to tell it. Yeah, and honestly, like, from a director's point of view, just to go back to, like, the Hoffman thing, I think I'm actually liking the way things are being shown, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah, I don't think they're necessarily being insensitive. Is it, like, the one, no. you know, is it the wisest call to make, like, the most, you know, like, it's about ten years later, the most, um, woke display, <laughs> uh, no, because then, yeah, so right after this scene, like, in the hospital, then it's just, like, him and John Ortiz, like, problem is, you don't know how to cook, so herein lies, here's, like, the, not the initial incident, but just, like, the big ca- catalyst for the movie, as far as, I guess, to get to that one of that the, the final scenes of cuz this movie this movie is about a character that's definitely like delayed in life, right? He's we've seen him, you know, he doesn't know how to socialize that well. He's, you know, this is the only friend we see him interacting with, but then even his friend doesn't have, you know, we think that he is a good marriage and we find out that it's not a good marriage. Um, <laughs> I like that. I'll ride in the back and be the big shot. <laughs> Who would Lucy and Cannoli? Um, Lucy's his wife. I think so. Yeah. Let me. I'm gonna pull. Okay, but who's easy. Cannoli? Um, the actor's name is Salvatore Inzarillo. I don't think we've. I seen... mean, <laughs> his name's Cannoli, so that's not surprising. For food of films. <laughs> But I don't think we've seen him yet. What do you think of the pace of this film? Um, it's pretty good. I feel like there's... So we're a third in. Wow, okay. Yeah, you there's say, a wow, good pace to it. I think that there's that a good. We're farther than you thought, or we're 
Not as far as you thought. No, I, uh, I guess farther. I mean, I know it's not that long of a movie, so. But. Um, yeah, I think there's a good pacing to it. A good pacing in the the length of the scenes and then just how they display these scenes with their choice of uh, cinematography and, their, and the editing pace of it as well. Yeah, I'm trying to think of it in, as in a play, right? Like, what would be the acts if there was, like, theoretically... Or even just a movie, right? Like, what are the three acts? Um, but, again, acts aren't, like, just by time. <laughs> you know, not like 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Yeah. I guess, you know, the inciting incident was maybe her getting hit? Or whatever happened to her? Her attacked? I mean, the... In- or was it? Just, or would you call it just like the original date? Yeah, I'd say the original date because that's the. I mean, the movie is about him, and then the and the second thing is about his relationship with her. So I guess I would say that initial dinner. Hmm. Okay, so now. I need to. I feel bad. Keep just saying their uh, name. So Clyde. Okay, that's John Ortiz's character's name. So Clyde is explaining to Jack this history between Cannoli and Lucy, who yes is you know the character of Daphne Rubin Vega. Oof. Wait, have we ever seen him without the hat? Hoffman? Yeah. Huh. When was it? Just, or, I mean, uh, just earlier in the film, you'd think he took it off for a second. Not a lot of music in this film. It's a very, like, uh, just a liver dialogue, like intimate moments kind of thing. That's interesting. Like no... I'm sure that's keeping it closer to this, you know, stage adaptation. Yeah, like there's no music. Um, if you guys have your volume down, there's no music right now. For example, um, there's not like a dramatic score in the background. Clinton now, Dunn. now like a a small piano uh, score is playing now and it's just that's like really what it is nothing that's gonna like overpower you not like an orchestra you know <laughs> yeah this feels very play-like right like this kind of dialogue yeah stark already so this is the <laughs> snow people so this is the (laughs) date before the summertime so it's clearly winter so it was quite some time before summertime you you were a single man back in the day yes (laughs) after you went on a date and the girl says i should invite you up but my place is messy what's your line let me help you clean it up. You would really say that? 
I don't know. Uh, I would get a vibe for like how she's uh, saying it or something. What's like that. the vibe you can see Amy Ryan right now? They're talking. They had a good time. She says, "I'd invite you up." Well, my place. Well, is I know too I much about up. this because of like <laughs> how the rest of the movie is played out, and she also went okay, through like, a recent traumatization with like a guy, you know, sex, you know. On the would you do this? Would you give it like at least a kiss goodnight? Yeah. Did you kiss on the first date? Were you a kiss on the first date kind of guy? I. If I wanted to see them again. Yes, okay, okay. When I I say date, it's like someone you're interested in, not someone, you know. So, yes? Yeah. Yeah, for the most. I think there's only like a, I don't know, a few times I was like, "Ah, have a good night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and that was just someone that I definitely wasn't interested in seeing again. It all depends. It depends on if you're going on a date and it's kind of like a mutual understanding of like, yeah, let's just have some fun tonight. No, I know some people are like, I don't even kiss on the first date. Uh, to, uh, to each their own, but I don't know. Just, uh, you know, get out of the way. See if, that, that, see, see, see if there's something there. Well, did you kiss your current partner on the first date? Yes. Nice, nice. Yeah. I, I don't remember if I kissed my wife on our first date. Yeah, and I even I specifically remember where we stopped and everything. Um, very specific moment. Hmm. Yeah, it's a nice memory. Ooh, foodie scenes all about in this. What are those? Look red, at this Red pears. This is totally like he's the driver, but he gets to look at a you know the, the higher the yeah. Which I'm gonna call a little bit bullshit on I because taste of this. everyone's been to a wedding, you know. Like I'm sure he's got friends who are gonna get married. Yeah, but that looks like a pretty in the like in the city, like a pretty extravagant affair. Fair, fair, but weddings these days, ooh, at least in the Northeast, still. I mean, you have to be, you know, you know, pretty well off. I mean, you know, I mean, you just had a wedding. but not to have it, but to be invited. <sighs> I don't, yeah, I don't know. Oh, there's Ganol. There's the Ganol. Oh, that's the Ganol. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize he was cousins with the Gabagool. <laughs> oh, what do I know her from? I've just been... Wa- what, wait, I need to... Okay, I need to look at... If, see if I recognize... If she's on the IMDB page for this. I just recognized her for a second. The actress. Yeah, well, she's... Elizabeth Rodriguez, Waldorf event assistant. What have you been in? Ooh, look at that cutting of the cucumber. Ooh. Wait, why is he working with him? I don't remember this part. I guess I wasn't paying attention. This is the okay. So this is that's why he was explaining that uh, Lucy has a history with cannoli because he wants to teach him how to cook for Connor. Yes. Okay. Yes. So uh, that now I remember. So they're clearly still talking. Awkward. Oh, Shameless. She was on the most recent season of Shameless. Okay. That's what the most recent thing. But she's been in a lot of stuff. Orange is the New Black, The Drop, Miami Vice, Logan. Uh, Everyone's, she... like, dropping everything to teach Jack, like, to date this girl. Yeah, he definitely, you know. I mean, with 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 his, uh, you know, 
friendship with Clyde definitely a, lo- a lot of good. I don't know. Some people don't have to. Tr- you can be, you can still be considered a good friend, and you don't have to be this active in assisting a friend. Yeah, this is very active. Like this is to the level of like I never, I never learned how to snowboard because, like in high school, when also and I had friends that like you know would go snowboarding. I never, ever would be like, but guys, can you like you know can you pay to go snowboarding but stay on the bunny slopes with me? And like <laughs> teach me and hang out with me. So to be <laughs> master kickboard champion. What's the skill do you think that you, like you would be the best at teaching somebody? Online dating. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was, I'm not trying to be a dick, but I was like, what? I don't even think. I was trying to think like, what could I tell someone? Like, oh, this is Kyle's skill. If he teaches you, you'll be the best at it right like and i didn't think about it, but you're right online dating would be one of them online dating um i i think i think planning planning an event like a, a, a party like a proper like amount like a nice spread uh i'll include like making, deli meats deli meat yeah i was just gonna say i'll include like making like you know like sandwiches and stuff like that like how to properly like you really want like you know you could easily toss like meat and cheese and some condiments and toppings onto a couple pieces of bread but if you want like a nice evenly you know distributed not to cut you off but what a weird scene right yeah i remember this like playing out in the trailer as you're just like walking across it so that's that's what is that the is that harlem river driver fdr it looked like it it looked like the uh fdr so i think they must live in long island city or at least or or right across the river like yeah. either either one side or the other. Is that Roosevelt Island in the middle? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. What would be your thing, Brian? I'll flip it on you. I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. I think for both of us also, I think between food and travel. Travel, yeah. Like, are we saying like we're we're, we're saying like really good advice, right? That's what we're. Yeah, like if we had to go that intense, like John Ortiz swim lessons, right? Like both of, both of us could give like podcast advice, like how to get your podcast started. Um, sure, yeah, and I mean, I could, I could do that for like some video stuff, some basic like you really want, like oh, you want, want to learn how to like shoot properly and that kind of stuff. I could do that specifically erotic videos, right? Well, that's what comes after online dating, so, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Bob. Amy Ryan. Has Amy Ryan been in anything recently? You know, she had such, like, a moment, but I haven't seen her in a while. That's a really good point. I mean, in you 2020, mind, you mind looking her up? We've got... Two things in 2020 worth, and uh, the other thing is called Lost Girls. I don't recognize either of those titles. No, I don't. I haven't seen her in Oh, suppose. In a while. Uh, wait, oh no, only two episodes. I was going to say there's that series High Maintenance, but, but suppose she's only been on two episodes. Oh, but yeah, that show is like a uh, anthology kind of. Okay. Um, like the main guy is like a weed dealer. Gotcha. But each story is different. Like oh, okay, he, del- he delivers to someone else, and then you know 
things happen. Yeah, she really, like, her last, um, I don't know, like, I don't know, whatever kind of film you want to call it, successful, like, of something of, you know, like, a well-made, uh, Bridge of Spies in 2015 with Spielberg. Yeah, she's been in stuff since, like, with, I mean, she was in Central Intelligence, so, I mean, whatever you want to, you know, like, that is with the biggest star in the world right now, The Rock. She was in the Infiltrator with, uh, uh, oh God, why am I totally blanking on his, uh, uh, Brian Cranston. Gotcha. Queen's Girl. I don't know. I haven't looked this up, but I wouldn't be shocked if she did a lot of theater. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Daphne Rubin Vega, by the way. Looking good. <laughs> that would be a good profile photo for an online dating uh, website or whatever, or app. That's that, I mean, unless you're looking for something specific, that would be very misleading. <laughs> Daphne Rubin Vega. She's Panamanian. I was curious, like, what her, oh. uh, you know, what ethnic background was. So she was in the play as well. Yeah. So definitely a, a, a stage actor, given that and Rent. So... Philip Seymour Hoffman was Jack in the original showing at the public, which, by the way, you know, I don't know if you guys out there are familiar with the public, but if you have a play at the public, you're awesome. (laughs) The public, uh, first of all, they put on Shakespeare in the Park, the world-famous Shakespeare in the Park in Central Park, and maybe, you know, you might not be familiar with it if you're not from New York, but theoretically, theoretically is a bad way to put it, let's see. Uh, Hamilton, great example. Hamilton's first run. When Hamilton was off-Broadway, it was at the public. There you go. That's good. (laughs) I mean, that should tell you everything. You know, Hamilton's a worldwide phenomenon. But when it was off-Broadway, that's where it was. So you do something at the public, you're, uh, yeah. (laughs) So Jack Goes Boating was at the public. Gotcha. Was it ever on Broadway? Oh, I wonder. You know, I don't know. I don't think so. Because, like... Not every play at the public goes Broadway. You know, Broadway's traditionally, like, I don't want to say 90%, but what percentage would you say was, like, musicals? You know, a lot of it. Yeah, musicals, just, like, kind of, like, larger-than-life stuff. Like, I know, like, I know that they had, I, I number one, I'm rarely in the theater district. Number two, I don't go to a lot of shows. But, for instance, I know that there was that one two summers ago with, like, Carrie Russell and Adam Driver that was doing really well. Yeah, you'll have that, but they're usually led by like Hollywood A-listers like Adam Driver. Exactly. By the way, this is a um, supermarket, or it was, the, a supermarket that uh, isn't open anymore. Um, it was a food emporium, and it's built in under the Queensboro Bridge. One of the most like cool-looking supermarkets. I believe they've decided to reopen something else in there. I think Target or Whole Foods uh. is going to like open in there. One of the big chains. Um Oh, now we're back to it. Let me, I'll look it up right now. Let's see. What a... 
Queensboro Bridge Supermarket. Isn't there that other big market that's like in like the subway somewhere? In the subway? Hmm, like or sure. some kind of underground market like in Manhattan. Possibly. Um, well, my point is, like, it's a great place to shoot. It was literally at the time, like, you know, I don't know, maybe it was open for like 10 years. It was probably the most beautiful supermarket in the world, or like top 10. Wow. Because it had these high arching ceilings that were not ceilings, they were under the bridge, you know? I see. Like, if you looked up. Yeah. That's cool. That's a shame. Trader Joe has bought the location, so. Oh, great. Well, there will be plenty of Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> and planks so, of so that would make me believe that they're on the Manhattan side of the bridge, which is a rather hip neighborhood today. But at the time they shot this, it was still kind of not bad, not at all, but just like you know, affordable. It, <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Oh, so John Ortiz hasn't been as faithful either. Yeah. Monogamy's too cruel a rule, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a line from Friends, sorry. <laughs> it's Who tough. Says it's that? tough to be married though. Who says that in Friends? So uh Ross That sounds famous, too... like, oh. Yeah, I was gonna say that sounds it's not like not that it's a wise saying, but that just doesn't sound like something Joey would say. Although No, no, it's a it's a side character. Ross sleeps with the uh, copy girl when he's on the break from Rachel, depending on what side you're on. And the other guy who works at the copy place has like a big afro, but he's like a white guy, and he's like, and Ross comes in to try to be like, "Don't tell anyone," and he's like, "Oh yeah, I hear you, man. Monogamy's too cruel a rule." <laughs> <laughs> Where are you, Team Ross or Team Rachel, when it comes to they were on a break? Um, I don't like Ross, but she made it seem bigger than like. Just like a, what then she came back and said, like, no, we just like we had a fight and like we were on a pause, like not a break, like we didn't break. Like, no, she said a break from us. They were very clearly on a break. However, yeah. her argument shouldn't be whether they were on a break or not. Her argument should be how do you hey, go we and sleep broke- with someone right away? Exactly. We were broken up for what, like twenty minutes? <laughs> not twenty minutes, but like a night, and you had sex with somebody. Like, yeah. Yeah, anyway. exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> so that's that. Yeah. So if I'm gonna, if she made that argument, I'm on her side. But other than that, oh, there we go. There's his hair. There's the. Drugs. Oh yeah. Kind of. <laughs> so what happened? What happened? What I take was not um, too great of. Uh, I think she couldn't do it, if I remember correctly. Oh, there you go. Very clear. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, I think she's still traumatized, but then she just... I get it. Like you said, it's in a very straightforward way. Yeah. It... Okay... Um, this is with everything watching it this time, 
and obviously the, and the world we live in and just trying to be more sensitive and stuff like that. I think I would play this movie as, and again, you're still using it as a device, but by making it part of her backstory, um, I think is a bit better than like experiencing it on camera. Like, like if we, if we learn that she has had Mm. something happened to her in the past. I don't know if we're, if you still even want to keep it in like that. She was uh, assaulted and like, you know, yeah, it's t- it's tough for two guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, too, you know, just... like it really is. Like that's why I'm glad we did have uh, Joanne on the podcast. Joanne or Joanna? I'm sorry, Joanna. Joanna. Okay, so I thought. You know why? So I started saying Joanna, then I stopped because like her last name begins with an A as well. I'm like, wait a minute, maybe I'm just combining it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't necessarily like his reaction. Um, it's it, a little I, weird. I, I guess it's I don't weird, but it definitely him. like makes sense with what just kind of character we're getting to learn, like his awkwardness. So, yeah, I don't know if I like him. I guess what I'm going to say. That doesn't mean I don't like the movie, but it's not a character. No, that's like definitely it. like in this movie. Like the, the, it definitely it has its kind of like jarring and awkward moments and this is definitely one of them this is not how we normally experience sex in film no and i don't mind that right like because like the way we normally experience sex in film isn't accurate either i think though i kind of even like his character in love liza you don't do it in five different locations in your apartment every time you have sex and wake up on the floor yes and it only you know even though it looks like it lasted long it was only 20 seconds like in a movie yeah (laughs) sex in film has changed so much though like even from 2010 that if you theoretically watch like the first couple seasons of game of thrones you're like oh my god you know at the time it wasn't like it was jarring but it wasn't like crazy like now you watch it like what the like am i watching violent porn you know <laughs> it's uh we've changed a society and again it's important even a movie that's 10 years old to remember that things are not the same yeah a movie that's 10 years old and when do you, did you remember just by reading things about the play when the when it initially um i can check now let me see who knows how similar the movie is to the play, though? Jack goes boating. Play. Two thousand seven. Okay, so yeah. I'm wondering if, like, you know, I don't want to be negative, but theoretically, this lasts like a lot longer. If we're going to see more and more plays. On TV and stuff, on sh- like streaming wise. Oh, 
that'd be a way to like kind of bring it back, you know? Because like I feel bad because we're watching all these movies and films and nothing wrong with films. You'd hire big films guys, but for the theater community, just have like. Well, I guess that would be a problem. I mean, are you? Oh, you're saying to the audience like. If we can no get back to normal, but we don't want people sitting next to one of the audience, because I was going to say, obviously, you're going to have the actors next to one another on stage. Yeah, but they say, like, we're going to do this in steps, right? Like, and the first step won't be like, all right, everyone go outside. Like, the first step will be, for example, wrestling. You know, they had WrestleMania, and they'll have, that's a type of performance, right? And they have live wrestling every week. What do you mean you know, performance? Not... <laughs> but, uh... Couldn't they do the same thing with a play, right? Like, everyone on there is still performing, but there's just no audience. Yeah. That's a good point. Did this guy actually have no legs? Or... I hope they used an actor who was, like, accurate to what they wanted, you know? I would think so, just because it's... I don't know. Not a large role, so I mean, also wouldn't be as hard to find. And not a big budget either. What was the budget for this film? I can't imagine it was a lot. Oh, budget, 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 budget. Um, I don't know. I see box office. The what it made? Oh, you want to know what it made opening weekend in Spain? <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what I wanted to know. $46,023. Worldwide gross on this is only uh, 800... How would you say? $801,206. Wow. To the dollar. Yeah. Well, that's not accurate, because I just paid three ninety nine for it, so it probably went up a little bit. <laughs> um... It doesn't say the budget. If you had to have a food nickname, what would it be? Well, I, I guess the ham counts. Yeah, it's the, the ham. Um, what would my food nickname be? Because that guy's the cannoli. Uh, your food nickname, Shuckster. <laughs> All shucks. <laughs> or... Um, Mother Shucker. Mother Shucker. I just, you don't have like a Mother Shucker kind of. I don't have a motherly vibe to you. (laughs) That's not exactly what I imagine when I hear Mother Shucker is that of the maternal presence. Have a Daddy Shucker. Daddy Shucker. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to maybe incorporate some of your Latino pride into it. Um, The Platano Shucker? Papi Platano. No, I'm definitely not. Like, I am, you know, Dominican, I'm Latino. Like, I would never, ever think of myself as Poppy Blatino. <laughs> Central Park here. Bethesda Fountain in the background. A lot of films have filmed at Bethesda Fountain, of course. You I, know what? I even think uh, Lake Quartet films a lot at Bethesda Fountain in Central Park. Oh, yeah. I remember... Okay, so this is before... Um, you know, we were um, doing our own podcast. I mean, obviously, when we were, you know, we each didn't have our own podcast when we were doing the initial run of P.S. I Love Hoffman. But I, th- I think we at least then brought up not in the for the sake of my podcast, Foodie Films, but said like, oh, we would have loved to have seen 
a chef movie starring him. Oh yeah, we mentioned that a lot because he would have been great as it. Like this is the closest we get. This is the closest, yeah. This is a pretty foodie film, Kyle. I don't know if you might want to add it to your uh to your I wouldn't list, know but... if it would necessarily be still like to make do a whole episode talking about this film. But, you know it's um, funny? If this was called like Jack Does Cooking, you would add it. Yeah, that's fair. Cause the title matters. Don't pretend it doesn't. I'm not. Are you a visualizer? Like, do you like picture yourself doing something, then you do it? it cl- it's clear that Jack is that kind of person. I have, um, I'm a visual person, but I'm not a visualizer. No, I don't think so. Yeah, no, visualizer is someone who, like, pre, before that, it's like, okay, I'm picturing myself in this scenario. No, I'm very much on the fly in that sense. Gotcha. Yeah. For better or for worse. This movie has got me really hungry. So you say it's not a foodie film, whatever. I'm hungry. <laughs> What's for dinner tonight, Kyle? What are you eating by yourself? Uh, I don't know. I kind of had like a big. Um, I've already had breakfast and lunch, so uh, maybe something light for dinner because I shouldn't be eating like three meals every day. Um, and I had a I had a, I had a delicious sandwich, a buffalo chicken sandwich for lunch. From a local, uh, I don't know if you can say like we shouldn't be eating three meals a day because I can't. I shouldn't be. I said ancient I humans be. ate like multiple meals a day. They just weren't that big. I just I'm someone that uh, just I shouldn't be eating like your three like standard meal. I should be more of like just like picking here and there. That would be better for my the way I if I want to be healthier. I think makes sense. Makes sense. I know my body. Don't tell me otherwise. Um, oh my god oh, he's so awkward. awkward he said invite the cannoli <laughs> uh, poor Jack just Way wants to make everything. it weird but at the same time like it's not like I, I really am like it's not like I'm a fan of Jack per se I can tell you now I really want pork chops and applesauce very Brady Bunch pork chops and applesauce <laughs> How did that become popular? Like, not the Brady Bunch, like that line from that show. Um, it's weird because pork chops, not as common as they used to be. Even growing up, pork chops were like a pretty common thing, but you don't see them on too many just home menus anymore. Yeah, that was a pretty standard uh, dish that I grew up eating. Just like, yeah, I mean, breaded, I don't know, like pork chops and um, usually some some kind of potato, maybe like cheesy, like, um, like scallion potatoes. This quarantine time has made me really think of like, you know, we've been cooking a lot here and it's like, if I had a family, if I have kids, like what would I cook? And, uh, like, did your parents have a different meal seven days a week? Like how did that go? Yeah. I mean, when I was little, um, we would go to my mother's like, so both, both grandmother's, by, I mean, because by the time I was five, I, I, neither of my grandfathers were alive. So it was always like, went to my uh, grandmother from my mom's side on Saturdays and grandmother dad's side on Sundays. So that was like, weekends were taken care of. Um, and each of them had 
pretty much like a rotation of like five different dishes that you would cook up. So you weren't eating the same thing either, you know, every Saturday or Sunday. Um, and then, yeah, during the week, um, yeah, it's usually, yeah, it was, it was not like a, you know, every once in a while it'd be like, oh, we've got leftovers. Let's do a leftovers night, but not, you know, not like I'm just cooking the same thing again tonight. I mean, early on, it was like a lot of rice and beans in my family. And then, you know, it like I think the meat would change, if that makes sense. Yeah, Being I mean, yeah, a, there's yeah. definitely more commonality in, like, the sides, like, have, like, a baked potato or, you know, whatever. Yeah, it was, like, rice and beans with steak today, rice and beans with pork tomorrow, rice and beans with chicken, you know, and then yeah. occasionally. And then eventually, like, my mother would cook a lot of different stuff, but... It's funny, I think, like, today, I, I don't know, I don't want to criticize the parents of today, and I know we're, like, veering off topic, but I'm thinking, like, dinner party, a hookah! hookah. <laughs> so many different cultures being represented, yeah. I, I'm thinking of, like, the, like, kids today, I'm wondering if they're like, oh, I'll have the foie gras, or, like, I'll have, like, you know, I feel like they, like, decide more, you know, like, what do you want today, little Jimmy? And for me, it was just like, this is what we're eating? Okay, you know? Not that it was bad, but you know what I mean? Yeah, it def it definitely has changed over the years. There was like I think that middle period. I mean, you know what? I mean, I think what any parent and then even or any like doctor would like say like pediatrician or something like that would be like just as long as they're eating something they're eating, you know? Like that's like usually I think a big thing when it's just like oh my kids pick. Oh, I thought wait a time. I thought it was hookah, but it's hashish. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Um, I used to get high with a bagpipe. <laughs> oh, player, player. Oh, okay. Um, I thought I thought okay. Sorry. A lot of drugs in this movie. Yeah, really. Breaks down towards the end. It's kind. Of, it's 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 funny. It's just like while. Jack and Connie's relationship is like evolving and kinding and starting to get into a normal place. It's like then their stable friends are breaking down. Yeah. This 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 I mean, I guess you could anytime four people are in a room and they're about to have a meal, like that you could, anyone could always just say, "Oh, this has a Virginia Woolf vibe to it." Or who's afraid of Virginia Woolf, I should say? Yeah. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, who's afraid of Virginia Wolf vibe? Not a Virginia Wolf. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His hair's so bad. It's so yeah. bad. I know it's on purpose, but... Yeah, it's definitely... A, a, yeah, I guess it's supposed to... You, you, yeah. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of quirks for this character. And, like, so, er, I mean, early on, like, that, you know, that scene that we're having them in their in their town cars and stuff like that and he's talking about the reggae music like so you're like oh, okay that's like that justifies this hair or whatever but i i don't know i'd like to see him maybe at least be like like going to like see a show or something just being that much more like he just doesn't have this hair because he likes the music like it just or and just like listens to it on a you know CD or you know I I whatever he was listening to it on if he had an iPod I don't know. You're a big hookah guy, right? 
Uh, no. <laughs> but you're not a big hookah guy. I'm kidding. There was I a know. point. There was a there was there was like a uh, time that like I would um I I would go to like hookah spots. <laughs> what? Why? I don't know. It was just like something. It felt like oh, like because you were allowed to after you're 18 years old, but kind of felt like you know, like I, we knew like just felt like something kind of like a adult and like a little weird and forbidden, I guess. At my bachelor party, I yelled at my two cousins for trying to leave the group to find a hookah spot in Asheville, North Carolina, which to their credit, they did. <laughs> <laughs> and then your one cousin eventually did in uh, Charleston. Yes. Technically, there was a hookah there, but whatever. <laughs> I forgot about that. But it wasn't hashish. No, 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 no. It was not hashish. It wasn't a wild and crazy bachelor party. It wasn't a naked ladies and stuff like that. It was a lot of breweries and a lot of good times. It was such a fun trip. Remember when trips? <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just so much has changed since uh, since that trip, even. God damn it. Remember when we could just have dinner parties like this? It's fantastic. Ye- me and my wife and you and your partner had a dinner party, I think, not too long ago in terms of social times, right? No. Or no. I don't know if it was a dinner party. I think we all... It's kind of wine and cheese. And... Yeah, wine and cheese night. I mean, God, I miss those times, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it was after your wedding, but it was before... Yeah. Obviously before all this. So I was gonna say. They're talking about, like, if they don't find a vaccine, like, 2022 and stuff. Yeah. No, find vaccine. Now uh, you're an asthmatic. Something's burning. Oh, this is funny. Oh, I forgot. About, oh, yeah, that's the whole. Maybe yeah. this is why that. No pun intended, but this is why the film gave me a bad taste in its mouth. Because like, at this point, it seems like it's going to go so well, and then oh. Yeah, well, at that point, it's just like you know they're just all laughing and having fun, and then we just hear the smoke detector. And it was just, uh. So what we've seen from Jack in this film, in your opinion, is this reaction right now expected and, like, justifi... Again, from, like, what we've experienced, not just as, like, a person, but, like, justifiable. Uh, no, not justifiable. But is it something that I'm... It's surprising if that's the question. Yeah, no, it's a little. It's still like I mean, this movie, as I said earlier, has like it's jarring I, moments. It's jarring for sure, but I'm not shocked because he put so much stock into this dinner that he was visualizing, he was practicing it. I get it. He did a little hashish. I've never done hashish, but I'm assuming your time perspective changes a little bit, and he forgot. But that's – if you want to be cool in that situation, laugh it off. You know, be like, oh, my God, I'm such an idiot. You don't know how long I planned to do this, and I really screwed it up. Yeah, which is me. definitely not what I'm expecting from the Jack character. Dude. No, exactly. I was going to say, this is more accurate to the Jack character than it was me and you. I think it was me and you, we'd be disappointed. We wouldn't be crying. We wouldn't take a bat to things. We wouldn't be, like, upset. 
but we would be like, oh fuck, I'm really sorry. Let me order. You know, I'm on me. I'm gonna order yeah. something for us. It's a little interesting that it, he goes so big, so hard, so fast, and just locks himself in the bathroom. Like I almost wish there was like a quick, like a, a little bit more time, like them discussing. I don't, I don't know. Like it's just a very. I get that, but he almost reminds me of a child in some respects, and I think yeah. that's something like a child would do, if that makes sense. Oh, definitely, yeah. Rivers of Babylon. <laughs> this is so weird. I'm sorry. It's, <laughs> it is. Do you know what this is from? Because I don't. The, this like song where it's been used before? Or no, like... I'm assuming this is a real song. I'll look it up. They all seem to know the words. That's why I'm kind of confused. Sing. It's uh, performed by the Melodians. It's just weird that they all know all the words, you know? I mean, is is was it a big song for, like, their age bracket? Could be. I guess it's possible. Okay, so there's more of a recovery than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, I'm so I'm like I leave this movie depressed for John Ortiz. Yeah, he just has such like a like it's more it's more of a heart it's def definitely more of a heartbreaking breakdown than Jack's. This is gonna sound weird, and you know this is P.S. I love Hoffman. You know I love Hoffman. I would watch this film on like a John Ortiz and Daphne Rubin Vega perspective, if that makes sense, you know, and have like Jack and Amy Ryan be kind of the side characters. Mm-hmm. There's. I'm interested in them. I'm interested. There's a lot of lines. I'm not a cocaine expert. I've actually never done cocaine. But it seems like a lot of lines of cocaine. No? Uh, I mean, it I did think like it's... four or five each. Four or five each? Oh, yeah. No, that's a lot. I thought it was like four lines and they each did two. <laughs> Maybe it was spread off. Like over some time, but it, like pa- the song in the background makes it sound like it did, did it right away. Yeah, the paranoid. The cannoli called. Oh, and her phone. No. <laughs> she literally said, "Fucking paranoid moment." Oh. 
um, so the Melodians version. Oh, Ganol. The cooking guy. <laughs> <laughs> the way he said it. The cooking guy. Like he's scared. Doesn't something happen to his hand? Ooh, I, I hate hands and doors stuff. Oh my god. Oh. Uh, yeah. We like, didn't it wasn't see bad, that, really. but it was still. Yeah. Um. So the Melodians version, um, reached an international audience thanks to the soundtrack album of the 1972 film *The Harder They Come*. And how is that spelled? Which is what? Nothing. Anyway, oh. well, I don't know that film. Um, which is credited with having brought reggae to the world. What? <laughs> oh, I'm fascinated by that. I gotta look that up. The Harder They Come is a 1972 Jamaican crime film. Oh, sorry, this is like heartbreaking. Yeah. Heartbreaking. Oh, and then Jack just sees like what I think like, you know, he uses just like such a stable, you know, piece of his life. Oh my god. Uh, This movie just teases you. You think like the low is like Jack's freak out. Then the fucking I thought I remembered it as that. Then the real shit fucking hits. Oh man. Oh god, the stupid fucking (laughs) (laughs) I do like that she just like brought it to him like that. Kyle, I know the movie's almost ending, but I'm going to need you to take five seconds of yourself because my computer is about to die, and that would be very bad for the podcast, so. All right, I'll keep this going. <laughs> keep it going. Believe in me, Hoff fans. Oh, God, yeah, like I said, this is really, yeah. Uh, and we got Connie taking charge of their relationship. Sounds familiar. Uh, it's just leaving them there like that. I I don't know about you guys, but real moments like this, while have been in some brilliant movies, uh, I just can't take them sometimes. Like you know, 
in the end any uh, movie and sports are supposed to be like escapism and uh, you know that's why you, you got a team that's shitting the bed all the time I kind of stopped uh, watching it because I want to be entertained uh, a movie like this you know you, you get something nice and beautiful forming their relationship but just seeing that breakdown of Lucy and Oof, uh, I agree <laughs> and Brian is back Woo. what was John Ortega's uh, uh, John Ortega racist John Ortiz oh sorry <laughs> um, Clyde doesn't, he doesn't feel like a Clyde he does not feel like a Clyde yeah, and everyone's name. Lucy, Connie, Jack, but Clyde. Clyde just... She definitely looks like a Lucy, right? Like, Jack works. Even Connie works, right? Yeah. Clyde, eh. It's just amazing that they're, like, still trying, despite all the shit that's going on around them. That's it's a weird what kind we of romance. What we all have to do, Brian, with all the shit going on around us, we have to try. Amen. Ugh, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> it's a little weird. The dialogue is a little weird. Not gonna lie. Yeah, I, I, um, I would definitely. I shouldn't. I would like to, I'm going to read some reviews on this and just get some people's, like, opinion. Or maybe, actually, maybe it would be better to read reviews. Well, to see, number one, the play is similar, and just uh, see what it's like on the stage. It's like, obviously, stage is just so much more raw and just, like... It's a different language, you know? It's it's so different. So, Um... like, what it was like, what it's meant to be... Or not even meant to, but, or just you know, interpreted as by people that are very familiar with, just you know. So now that we've kind of seen sort of the both of them, look, something might change, and Jack goes boating to change your mind, but I doubt it. We don't have that much left. <laughs> but I'll say this: that was some I... of, uh, by the way, that was some of Philip Seymour Hoffman's high school wrestling experience, right there. Was... <laughs> I uh, I think I would prefer love Eliza you know if I had to vote again I forgot what I voted for but now we're getting some nice cool like indie songs and and I like the pool this is a nice pool wherever they shot this it looks cool or at least I love that he's like you know what I'm coming in yeah well, at least then you know so I'm happy for Clyde in the sense that they have one another He finally goes boating. Wait, you think it didn't work out with uh, the two of them? I don't know, but definitely they have to. I should say at least he has him like right now, like because at least I'm. If they're still together, they're working on a lot of shit. I'm sure that's not the last big argument they had. No, look, they're in. Oh, I thought you meant Hoffman and uh, I forgot Uh, Connie. No, Clyde, uh, Clyde and Lucy. I was referring to. Gotcha, gotcha. It wouldn't shock me if they were still together, though. It wouldn't. 
Because, like, there's a lot of couples who just, like, have to work through stuff, as you said. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I want them to still be together, but it wouldn't shock me if they were. <laughs> Brian, um, l- let me tell you by uh, looking at the locations of Jacko's Boating on IMDb. First of all, that diner was in Maspeth, Queens. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Um, Shot a lot in Queens here. You know, yeah, Queens guy. maybe Ryan, Queens person. The swimming pool is the Hansboro Swimming Pool, uh, 35 West 134th Street. Hmm, I'm not familiar with that. In Harlem. Oh, she does leave. She was just leaving keys on... Lucy was leaving keys on the table. Yeah. Oh, and that's even honestly like because it's just like two moments. Like you for, like I forgot that that's like this is also the subplot. Yeah, he he's trying to get a job at the MTA. Have you done that? Not just like I don't mean just like with a woman. Have you done like a rowing in a park or something like that? It's no, not for me. Never. I don't have a lot of upper body strength. A mutual friend of ours, Anthony. Loves it. One of his favorite pastimes. Really? I don't think he's done it like pretty often because you know he's a baby now. But like he, well, he's a nice wholesome Italian. So, <laughs> like he, him and Elena, a lot of early dates were like, let's row in the park. Like that, like in Central Park. I wouldn't be surprised. I like I couldn't tell. you Oh for well, sure, they were. But... I mean, that's also I don't know. I guess when you're like college sweethearts and stuff like that. Yeah, I know, and certainly in, like, so they both studied abroad together, and I know they did that uh, quite often in Europe. Well, that's how Europeans get around. <laughs> yes, in Venice. Was that the final shot? I guess so. Wow. What an interesting film. I love how it says on the corner, because we're watching on Amazon, uh, on a shared screen, next up, Star Trek. Why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, because, oh, which Hoffman Star Trek and, is it? It's like uh, I can't really tell. It's like in a corner. Oh, okay. but, but Hoffman and Ortiz were the both producers on this film. Okay. So Kyle, uh, that was Jack Goes Boating, Hoffman's only directorial film. Costume designer, I don't know if you just saw Mimi O'Donnell, his oh. partner, the mother of his children. But again. Music by Grizzly Bear, great band. I didn't realize that was uh, who did the music. And, you know, it's subtly in the background, so I totally get that. But, you know, Mimi O'Donnell again involved. So very personal, personal film here. Calling in all the favors. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I haven't really checked on her career, but I know she was very, very, very talented. I'm sure still is, if she's still active. Again, I, I'm not sure. Look, produced in association with Labyrinth theater company which was his theater company so it makes so much sense um yeah i'm glad we watched it i'm glad we watched it again there were certain things that we thought originally that were confirmed there were certain things that like i see more positively it was good good that we got to do both personal hoffman projects this month and there was no mid-month this month we gave you a little bit of gift by watching a different film but we still got a vote right because we're a democracy here we're not turning into a dictatorship well, it's not going to be like well, a, not the podcast, a at least. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> but, you know, we, we want to put that out there. We want to say, like, that you Hoff fans should vote, and we want you to vote on Instagram, on Facebook, 
we still want you to be a part of this. But on the other hand, we're going to go week to week with this, whether we do rewatches, whether we do like mid-month and just talk. There's not a lot of new Hoffman news, obviously, coming out these days. Yeah, at least uh, right, the, right, right now with the, uh, with the time that we have on our hands. Hey, we're, you know, it's fun. They're Hoff- That's why we started a podcast, to watch some Hoffman films. <laughs> so when, when I say all that, it means that there's no guarantee that we're going to do both these films on the ballot. We're definitely going to do the one that wins, and who knows what we choose for the next one. But I, I don't think it would be fair if we made you vote and then do both films like we did this month. Regardless, we want you to vote. And the two films are going to be Flawless and The Big Lebowski. So, Kyle, first, Flawless. We haven't seen it in a while. I mean, I haven't seen it in a while. What do you think about that one on the ballot? Uh, I would be, both of these, I mean, I would be excited to... Um to rewatch and kind of digest again. I mean, I do love the big Lebowski. I am a very pro Lebowski, but I think I would, I I might be voting for flawless because, you know, it's the, we get so much more Philip Zimmer Hoffman and he's, and he's collaborating with one of the greatest actors of all time. Bobby De Niro, so... I know what you're saying, right? Like, so more of the Hoffman film is flawless. But Big Lebowski is certainly more the popular film, if that makes sense. I don't know where I'm going to go with this one. I think I'm with you. I think I might prefer to watch Flawless because it's got more Hoffman. It's an early performance. It's a performance he's talked a lot about. But if you and I, before May 5th, when we sit down and we watch a film, again, probably in separate homes, I wouldn't be disappointed watching The Big Lebowski. I wouldn't be disappointed with either choices. I'm with you. All I know is both of the original episodes uh, for these films, one with uh, my buddy Leon Mangan, who is a big Brant fan. Like, you can even <laughs> see, he's such a big... He's the, he's the gentleman that did the artwork for, for P.S. I Love Hoffman. And you can see, like... Phil Singer Hoffman that's in our logo is definitely like, you know, when I first, I, I, I love our logo and I'm very grateful to Leon for doing it, but it's not necessarily the, the, the Phil Singer Hoffman that I always first think of, but after learning, you know, cause he did it for us and we did X amount of episodes and we're getting to Big Lebowski. Uh, we're having him on as a guest and I'm like, Oh, after hearing how much he loves the character of Brant, and that was like his introduction and just his most like memorable experience of Philip Seymour Hoffman, <laughs> the artwork makes one like so much sense. Um, and then for Flawless, we were really lucky to have on uh, Ona or Anna Louise and Goldie Locks. Um, who... Yes, two glorious drag queens who run drag bingo all over the city and. We have uh, Flawless on the ballot, Big Lebowski on the ballot. I'm curious who's going to win. I'm excited either way. And this was fun, as always, Kyle. Always appreciate it. It's good talking with you and hearing your voice. You know, I've been on your podcast recently. You've been on my podcast recently, or you're at least going to be. So, uh, I mean, you were on the substitute episode. God, I don't even know what day it is. Sorry. <laughs> yes, all the all the days, especially, and you're, and you're putting them out t- twice a week, so. Yeah, and I've spoken enough about High School Slumber Party, which you can find at cageclub.me. Anything you want to mention on Foodie Films? Are you good? Uh, no, I mean, just ch- check it out. I mean, it's kind of a great time. People, you know what people are doing a lot of right now? They're eating and they're watching movies. 
you know, we, we got two different types of episodes. We got the movie, the food-centric movie episodes, which necessarily, I mean, we did Last Temptation recently, um, which isn't very food-centric. It's about a very important, or involves a very important meal in history, but uh, should be doing a very food-driven movie soon. And uh, and then just as far as my first cut episodes, just great, great conversations. And I'm still to the point that, you know, I've I recorded a bunch of those, uh, luckily in advance, because it's kind of hard. Those I do in person with people, versus how Brian and I are recording right now. So that'd be tough to do uh, safely right now. So I just like to kind of do, in my cold ovens, I like to remind people all these were recorded beforehand. Uh, it just even in the sense of for our safety, me and my guests, and on top of that, um, that these are some local business people that they are struggling right now. So trying to bring some attention to them in that sense as well. Absolutely. And we do give a shout out to our healthcare workers out there, our health heroes. Both you and I have family in the healthcare world, friends, of course, mutual friends. So, oh, our, our our friend Dan Kim, who was on our original run of what was he on? Uh, one of the, the PT Anderson, the master, one of your favorites. He was on the cover of Time Magazine. I can't believe that. It's not even just that he he's on the cover. Like you know, there's a like obviously a lot of people have been on the cover, but it's his story. Yes, his photo essay. It's, like, yeah, it, it's his, like, and, or I shouldn't even, because then obviously if you're on the cover, your story's in the magazine. It's him as a photographer telling his, then his personal story as a as a paramedic for uh, Holy Name Hospital, which is a hospital in Teaneck, New Jersey, that, uh, I mean, you know, so many of the hospitals are just overflowing with uh, COVID, you know, patients now uh but holy name was early on was taking a lot so proud of him being in time magazine and and contributing and really sh- showcasing the story of what he's going through in his job yeah just the mind the mindset that a lot of these uh you know healthcare professionals like have to you know you know i mean you know each each of us are experiencing this world event in different ways but for them to be out there and putting their their lives on the line uh for the rest of us is something pretty i mean so many different when 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 talking to dan i was just like oh my god this is amazing that like you're on there i'm like but uh, like under the circumstances absolutely horrible and terrifying but it's like it's just like it's every single kind of adjective out there for what you know this story and and him being on the cover of time and then just what uh everyone that's out there and working and interacting with people that's it's, it's, it's scary so again thank you very much for all of you uh doing that so we can be safe at home and speaking of being always home kyle why don't you take us out <laughs> well since we're always home but uh but separate right now but to get together in spirit stay uncool offense Sex a thing, you. I believe in miracles. Since you came along.